Hey everyone, producer Dave here. Make sure you check out our new show called How the Tech Are You? As you might have guessed, it's a show about technology. Uh, I talk a little bit about content creation using Linux. Matt talks about some programming stuff I don't understand and also some tech news stuff that I do understand. And HK talks about some system admin stuff that I do understand and some software engineering stuff that I don't understand. You can find How the Tech Are You on your favorite podcast app, or you can also grab it on YouTube or Odyssey. And let's just spell it out for you. E-C-H-O-P-L-E-X. They put me in a fucking magazine. Yeah. Uh-huh.
everybody. Welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live every Tuesday, or most Tuesdays, almost every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific right here, twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. Uh, we're also streaming live to Odyssey and uh, DLive, um, but I don't really like you if you use either of those services to watch live video. I'm just there to counter-program against the chuds. Uh, I'm Producer Dave, and you can find me on Grinder. And this is the councilman. You can find me on Twitter at T H E underscore councilman, uh, otherwise known as Gringo Starkey. Uh, so please check me out there and give me a name. follow. Give me a follow. <laughs> uh, I could use a few more. I'm, I'm I I finally got to triple dig, so I'm really excited about that. But I could use a few more followers to you know increase my width and my brand, my bandwidth. That is not my width. I got pretty good width going on. If you know what I'm saying. Um, below the zoom screen uh anyway uh welcome to the show uh we do this as producer dave said every other tuesday and every other tuesday beyond that um and sometimes we don't do it but we'll let you know when that happens um we like to look into local derp and local news from the bay area here in california sunny california um which we'll get to in a second um but we (laughs) absolutely we absolutely want to hear uh, the local shit going on in your neighborhood, in your neck of the woods. If you're not from the Bay Area, if you love what we're doing, we would love to cover your your area and some of the local po- uh, politicking that's going on there. So please send us links, uh, drop into the Discord and the Bay Area News uh, channel and and uh, give us give us some of your best shit and we'll put it on the down ballot docket. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into it. Uh, I got the window open. I got my beer cracked. I got my bong right over here ready to go. So I feel like I'm ready. To, and I and you reminded me with your water to you know hydrate. Yeah, so. the water. The water. You, yeah. Um, just real quick, <clears throat> uh, check out all of our shows too. You can just search on your podcast app for Ecoplex Media. We have a new show that uh, Historian Matt's taking the lead on. It's called How the Tech Are You? It's a technology show. Uh, we don't do that live, but we're thinking about ways to incorporate some of that stuff to do some kind of live stuff with that. We're just not sure what um, the show's not long enough to do live and it happens right before meltdown Monday. And that handoff would be a big pain in the ass. So we're just, um, we just don't have enough days. So, I mean, we were already streaming seven days a week. So if we're going to do a new podcast, it kind of had to not be live. Uh, not looking forward to next Monday, having to do that at five 30, five 30. It'll still be a hundred degrees out probably. My goodness, yeah, it's going to be blazing all week. So please stay hydrated and uh, stay inside if you can. Don't do too many active things. Um, I mean, being t- you know being told don't do any chores or you know gardening or any of that na- things of those nature. But some people just got to do chores. It's just got to be done. So just be careful when you're doing it. Uh, good trick, by the way. If you live in a city and it's really hot, hop on public transit, ride the transit around for the day. Maybe bring your laptop with you if they got if they got a uh, Wi-Fi hey. on the transit because. Uh, you can get some work done on there, and that shit will be 68 degrees, I guarantee it. VTA, not forget solutions that move you. VTA, you can get your work done. VTA, we have we have central air conditioning. We have central air, and you can get shit done. VTA, nice. the cars are always 68 degrees. Come on over. VTA, the cars are always going much faster than us, and they get the right-of-way at the, at the intersection. So Ain't that funny? Our first story, we've kind of, uh, we've kind of well, yep, we're going to let the news explain. It's fucking hot here. Breaking. Like, it's fucking hot. 
It's so hot that people are like worried. I'm Marcus Washington. And I'm Chris Sanchez. Laura Garcia is off. Let's get right to our top story this morning, the heat. Yeah, we do have team coverage for you. Our Bob Riddell, he is tracking the spare the air alert that is now in effect. But first, let's head over to meteorologist Kerry Hall, because Kerry, you're tracking just how hot he's on fire. Yeah, and these temperatures are going up quickly around the Bay Area going into late morning into the afternoon. But we also have concerns of high levels of exhaust and ozone making it unhealthy, especially in the East Bay and the South Bay. So you do want to make sure that you're catching public transit or trying to um, do whatever you can to reduce those ozone and exhaust uh, emissions around the Bay Area today. But take a look at how hot it's going to be. This air really doesn't mix out when you get high pressure and it just pushes all those pollutants down to the earth as we head toward 102 degrees in Livermore today mm. and 105 in Fairfield. Now, Bob Riddell's out live with more on that Spare the Air Alert Day and you're in one of those spots. Hey, the air's really bad. Why don't you go outside and do a news report on it for us? Bob's <laughs> pant looks like his pants are on fire. Like his shoes. It's just going to spread while he does his report. Like he's he's uplit pretty badly. <laughs> it's going to be reaching the triple digits. You are correct. Good morning to you, uh, Carrie. And as you mentioned, the Bay Area Air Quality Management has issued the spare the air day, which means that they would like if you could to really avoid getting in that car today. If you Please. Walk to work, bike, carpool, uh, take public transit, whatever it is that you do to get into the office uh, because they want to reduce the level of ozone, the level of smog that will be produced by those cars because the district's predicting that the smog created by the cars and the hot temperatures combined will make the air uh, very unhealthy to breathe, especially for people with underlying lung conditions. Uh, the district writes that bad air can trigger asthma, inflame the lining of the lungs, and worsen bronchitis and emphysema in people. Now, the best time emphysema. to exercise outside today, of course, is right now in the early morning when the ozone concentrations are reduced. Also, it's much cooler out, obviously. Uh, here in the Tri-Valley, as you mentioned, temps expected to approach 100 degrees in the afternoon. Check with your local county if you need to find places to cool off today. Uh, cooling centers will be open. We know Santa Clara County has already mentioned that they'll be doing that today. Uh, this, by the way, is the second spare the air day of 2022. The last one, the first one was June 10th. At this time last year, we had already had four spare the air days. Right now, we're at just two, today being the second. Reporting live here in Dublin, Bob Riddell, Today in the Bay. Definitely. I remember last summer was... Oh. It was brutal, but I mean, it's it's no barometer at this <laughs> weather humor. Uh, it's no barometer at this point. You know how many spare the air days or how many heat days we're going, hot days we're going to have. Um, just to say two versus four at the same time last year. Or so um, what I want have been just happening. What I want to say though is the summer of 2020 when COVID had just hit and the every hill around us was on fire and. And the world was on fire, right? The, the streets were on fire. People were out in the streets protesting. And that, that was largely um, that was largely a uh, liberal and conservative talking point. The leftists knew the streets weren't actually on fire. The dumpsters were on fire in San Jose. At so, least. Uh, somebody did set a dumpster on fire in San Jose. Critical support to the people who did that. A dumpster. A dumpster. <laughs> we we can rebuild. But I just <laughs> I just remember I just remember two years ago when the the hills were on fire. And I had mm -hmm. to go to the store and I was like, well, I'm glad I'm wearing this mask. I wouldn't have thought to wear this mask if not for um, COVID. And right. like there was like soot on the ground and it was fucking terrifying. I was like, is this how the world ends? And is right. the world going to end while I'm just walking to fucking Safeway? 
the sky was just you know brown or brownish orange right um blotting out the sun yeah it was different it was a different time and people were in the streets protesting so it was just very very challenging time in in america all right, uh, let's move on to winners and losers, uh, where there are no winners, and if there is somebody who happens to win, it's not the person you were hoping wins. But <laughs> Generally uh, this, story, not. this first story seems to actually be a winner. Well, yes and no. I mean, it depends on which, which, how you're looking at things. But yeah, I think, I think it's, a, it's a winner, but it, we'll, we'll see if there's any blowback. Uh, so you might have heard um, vaccines are now available for the little ones. So if you've got like the under five-year-olds, this is, um, you can, uh, you'll be able to get a, a vaccination minimum for them. Uh, coming up pretty pretty soon, I'm, at least from the county center. Moving you forward, the nation is hitting another milestone in the fight against COVID, because after nearly two years, we finally have a vaccine available for the nation's babies, toddlers, and preschoolers. Yeah, and those appointments for those as young as six months old now available today in the Bay Sierra Johnson Live Force in San Francisco this morning morning discussing where those appointments are available. Sierra. Hey, Yes, good morning. We'll get to that availability of the appointments in just a minute. But taking a look back, it's been about a year and a half since we watched that first nurse there in New York get that vaccine. And so much has changed. The uh, availability, the um, ability to even get those vaccines has really become a lot easier. And now we've expanded it to include some of our youngest Americans. Uh, Folks as old as just a few months are now able to get that vaccine. Um, In terms of that availability, a lot of those uh, will be administered by pediatricians. Uh, for many, that's the safest way, and a lot of those retailers do not support vaccinating, or are not able to, rather, uh, vaccinate folks at that young age. So a little about the vaccines for those five years and younger. It is important to note, the age groups are given two vaccination options. Pfizer vaccine is given in three dose, the Moderna in two. Side effects include headache, fever, and fatigue. Again, the vaccines are safe for children as young as six months. According to the California Department of Public Health, that means 2.2 million more children will now be able to receive the COVID-19 vaccine in our state. And this morning on the Today Show, Savannah Guthrie spoke with someone from the COVID-19 White House response team on the rollout of the vaccines for our youngest Americans and how COVID has impacted them before the availability of those shots. Take a listen. So we know that some number of kids do end up getting sick from COVID, unfortunately. We've had tens of thousands of children get hospitalized, including tens of thousands in the age group of six months to five years that just became eligible. Um, And these vaccines are exceedingly safe. And that's the biggest message uh, that we've now, these vaccines have been given to millions and millions of kids. Very, very safe. So again, those vaccinations are available for children as young as six months. That really uh, covers the whole gamut of folks in our country with this latest edition of this vaccine. We're live in San Francisco, Sierra Johnson for Today in the Bay. But what about them zero to six monthers? What about them? What about the new, what about the unborn? they'll, They'll be fine. They'll get the vaccine in six months, right? Well, what about the rights of the unborn? I mean, they have rights too. Yeah, I don't know. That's not my uh, that's not my call. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, but this is this is definitely a winner uh, in in general. Um, more vaccines, more availability, definitely a winner. Um, sure that there will still be some hesitancy from parents out there and from other folks um, who are already hesitant. Um, but uh, I think anyone who's on board with the vaccines is going to uh, jump in line and make sure that they get their kids uh, vaccinated because a lot of summer camps and a lot of other uh, uh, 
you know, school groups and other things like that and, and uh, programs are requiring vaccines now. Um, so it's, uh, it's good, good to have. Good to have. Um, and I think that there's going to be like <clears throat> a lot of vaccine hesitancy for the children among people who aren't parents of them, the children. I think the vaccine hesitancy about the children would be more about the grift. It'll be more about like Brett Weinstein, RFK Jr. and all the usual suspects who don't yes. have kids under five. And they're going to be yes. out there trying to scare the fuck out of people who do have kids under five. But I, I think in a lot of ways, those people's fucking 15 minutes is up, at least on this particular subject matter. You're hearing a lot less from them. And um, that's good. And I think, I think most parents are just going to do what they're do what the doctor says, because the parents understand that the doctor is the medical professional and the parents are not. So. Right. No, I, I, I hope that's the case. And I, I do think it is. So uh, we'll, we'll call that a winner. We'll call it one of the rare winners under winners and losers. Producer Dave. Uh, we will, I think for now. All right. But uh, unfortunately there are some serious losers this week. Um, and we're going to start with a story that we got into a little bit last week uh, during down ballot watch because a, a avid uh, viewer slash listener, um, you know, type uh, one of one of our one of our amazing uh, followers uh, dropped a, a note into the chat, um, and we got a, a link to a story, but didn't have any video. Well, this week we have a little video, and we're going to uh, get back to the story of a councilwoman in San Jose who had a real scare at her home where uh, a uh, explosive device was uh, apparently discovered in her porch. So we'll have more in it from uh, KTVU. story in San Jose. Police are stepping up patrols in a city council member's neighborhood after an explosive device was found outside her home. KPI X5's Katie Nielsen reports this comes just over a week after someone blew up one of her campaign signs in a neighbor's yard. San Jose police are still trying to figure out who put the device near council member Dev Davis's home and more importantly, why? Now, due to safety concerns, we are not going to be identifying the location of her home. It should be safe to be an elected official. It is scary if it was targeted. San Jose City Council member Dev Davis and her family had to- Well, you kind of just did give away the location of her home, but all right. This morning, after a neighbor found a suspicious device in the street in front of her house. About five to six inches long. We assumed there was a bomb because it had wrapped with tape and had batteries and the fuse and it looked like the fuse was lit and didn't go off. San Jose police say they called in the bomb squad to handle the device and their technicians determined it was a homemade explosive. These type of devices can cause... Oh, did it come from the North Bay? Damage. <laughs> Napa County. So yes, it's always alarming to us, but even more since it is one of our elected officials here in the city. Detectives are still trying to figure out if this was random or targeted. Davis says she can't think of a reason why someone would target her other than political differences of opinion. I want people to be civically involved and to come and, you know, do public comment at, at meetings and, and let me know how you feel that way. And I think there's a way to be civil and to disagree in a civil manner, and it doesn't have to be violent. Investigators are still gathering evidence from home surveillance cameras to try to identify a suspect and say when that person is arrested, they are going to be facing some serious felony charges. In San Jose, Katie Nielsen, KPIX5. So it's hard to kind of tell what was going on there because it was in the street. At first it was like in a bush near her place. Then it was on her porch and now it's in the street. And I don't think the news was lying or anything. I just think that no. when we first got it, it was brand new. And so the information was not uh, perfect. 
the further away from her actual residence it gets, the more I'm starting to think that somebody just put it there to scare people. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's it, it's a completely different thing if it's on her porch, on her property, you know, on her walkway, right, in her driveway. Um, if it's another thing, if it's in the middle of the street. Uh, that being said, it is quite random that one of, you know, 11 elected officials in the city um, had this happen in front of their home, right? Um, and I'm not at all saying this uh, is because it's in Tony Willow Glen either. It's like, it's North Willow Glen. It's the cut. Uh, and any, this is possible in any neighborhood. And it was probably some dumbass white kid that planted the damn thing. So don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's concerning. It is concerning in as much as there have been multiple incidences, incidences of, uh, folks from the general public who are not so pleased with where things are going, um, confronting, physically confronting council members, uh, confronting our elected officials, our city officials, our staff, um, to the point where there are several individuals who have restraining orders against them. Um, and they've come to the individual's doors because elected officials, if you dig enough, or if you look into campaign, uh, reports, you know, you can find out where everyone lives, um, or anyone lives really, uh, and just show up at their door. You know, Mayor Licardo has had quite a few protests outside his house, right? You'll recall, uh, avid viewers and uh, listener of this show. Um, so, uh, it, this, it's, not uncommon it's not surprising i don't believe in coincidences really so uh it, it it's disturbing to me that this so, happened in front of anywhere near her house right and i mean i could see why she would be concerned i would be concerned too and i would wonder and i'm a much less known political figure than her but if there's a pipe bomb on the street in front of my apartment building i would wonder yeah. you know and and she has also it, it was revealed through this this uh episode um but uh, Dev had received death threats herself um, during the the mayoral race. Um, it was it had been noted that someone, one of the candidates, had received death threats. It turned out it was her. Um, so this is again a little bit it's a little bit more disturbing when you take that into context. So um, yeah, I and then Scott Weiner, of course, getting death threats ever ever they all do they all get threats no matter what level they're at. Honestly. Um, I yeah, mean, if we if we if we get them every once in a while in our email, I'm sure every elected official in the country gets them. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's but patterns are patterns, and when um, you start to see things pile up like this, it gets you a little concerned, um, particularly for her. And she does; she has kids, she has a husband, and they didn't ask for any of this shit other than supporting her. So, whoever, if it is a targeted thing, for the fuck's sake, like. Uh, back and, the fuck off and i mean not for nothing if i lived in san jose she was like she would have probably been the one that i pulled that lever for even though i don't agree with her politics so i think she you know her being a woman probably you know plays into some of the death threats because a lot of people are even if they're not aware that they're misogynists they're misogynists there are many I women think, who are not aware that they're misogynists and they're fucking misogynists i i spend I think, a lot of time on twitter i know this well, you and the good wife could do a, a whole show on uh, down ballot sometime about that very subject. And I think you would have a full hour. We would definitely be able to fill a full hour. Just the two of you chatting about that very topic. Uh, about she, the, the would... women who enforce misogyny. Yeah. Well, there's just the, the misogyny in general and, and all of our inherent misogyny. Um, so yeah, I think, I think you would really enjoy talking with her about it. I'll, I'll mention that to her and see if she's down to, to do and that. She might, I think a lot of people who <clears throat> like, this is a little off the beaten path, but like, whatever we, hey, we, whatever. we, we, we let, sometimes the show runs a little long. This is a little it's off down. the beaten path, but 
um, not for nothing, like people reinforce things all the time, negative stereotypes and, and misogyny, racism, sexism, homophobia. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'm not squeaky clean on all that stuff. And I, what I, what I count on here is that the people who watch my show check me on it. And what I count on not on the show is that the people in my life will check me on it. And that's been the, the, the case in the past. Um, it's been a while since anybody's really checked me on any of that stuff. Uh, I think when I talked to Benjamin Martin, the chat really checked me on something I said to Benjamin Martin. Um, but that's just the way it goes. Um, you know, we all make mistakes and just be, you know, people need to be willing to be, you know, corrected on those things. And like I just said, not for nothing, there's a lot of misogyny going on. And I would imagine that all things being equal, the woman candidate is going to receive more of that kind of negative attention. If we're going to use a very mild <laughs> descriptor for it. Yeah. Well, and we'll see, we'll learn a lot from the mayor's race actually in the runoff uh, in terms of what Cindy Chavez faces, uh, because I think there'll be a lot of misogyny at play in that race as well. Um, whether any of us like it or not. Uh, so we'll definitely be following yeah, and I'm, and I'm looking we'll, forward to seeing that because at the Cindy Chavez would be the, is uh, the, the I think the person who uh, she's running against is a fucking monster. Yeah, I th- I would have to say that um I you know early early odds on an endorsement from for this this entity here um will probably swing towards the Chavez camp. Um, because she she I don't I don't believe that she's best friends with Peter Thiel so. No, exactly. So um, it, it's one of those lesser of two evils for me, but it's definitely a far lesser evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. also not, not for nothing. She's a competent politician. So absolutely. And she'll get shit done and she'll get she'll get good shit done. It's just that she helps her friends and politicians help their friends. That's just yeah, how it goes. That's one of the that's, things that I think Dev Davis would have done a lot less of than other people is helping her friends. Well, she needs to do more of it, frankly, and she needs to have more friends because a lot of times she ends up as the lone voice on the council for some sort of position that she can't really even defend. And it's just not politically tenable. So she needs to do a little bit more in terms of learning how to politic. Um, I don't know. Cindy Chavez is the ultimate politician. She knows exactly what she's doing. She knows how to get what she wants. And you got to respect that. Like for me, if I don't, even if I don't agree with them, if they're not like, if they're not like, let's hang all the X group of people or whatever, you know, if it's not something extreme and they just think that their constituents disagree with the rest of the people in the city and they vote the other way, I think that's fine. Actually, I think they're representing their constituents. And if they're the lone vote, they're not getting in the way of anything. So it's true. It's true. It's, it's more, it's not so much like being the, the, it's not too much taking the principled position, although that's how they frame it. Like she is, she comes from a line of pure Luigi Oliverio who did the exact same thing, right? He would, he would do, be the same lone vote he would talk about his principles but really when you're paying attention to the meeting you find that you know at the end of the day whatever their issue was was really getting resolved or wasn't really that big of an issue they just decided to be stubborn and and keep their vote where it was right as opposed to to uh joining the chorus as it were right or whatever drinking the kool-aid even though the kool-aid sometimes is the right decision um, it just so happens that you, you can walk yourself into traps like that. So, but, uh, well, she's she framed not, it, she framed it, she framed it that way. She's not in the, in the runoff and, uh, that's, yep. you know, yeah, she's not in the runoff. I do look forward to the mayor's race. Cause like, like I said, it's like a tech bro versus a, a Latino woman. And so I mm-hmm. believe there's going to be some shit. <laughs> yeah. Cindy Chavez, who only uses the accent on Chavez when she runs for office, by the way, only on the ba- only on the ballot. Let, we got, you got to just let people have it, dude. We got to, you know what hey, I mean? Just let people uh, have their thing. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, no, I have no, I have no problem. With it. Dude, I, I'm not even begrudging it. I think it's good politicking. I, it, I, and en- I'm envious. I'm envious of the, the 
the political balls, the ganas that it takes to to do that, right? To, to pretty much risk insulting her her heritage <laughs> by not using it uh, more often, right? Only when it's on the ballot in a very cynical way, um, and yet to do it because she knows it doesn't matter, right? It's it's going to get her a win, uh, the win she wants, and I I one hundred percent am on board with that as a political hack. I admire it. You go, Cindy Chavez. If, if Chavez. I was her spokesperson, I would do exactly what she's doing. Just had to add one in the eye. Cindy Chavez. <laughs> oh, I, no, that would be, I would get fired. I mean, you should be um, like, now you're patronizing me and everyone who voted for me. You're out of here. She's like, also, you're not really out of here. You're just never talking on the microphone again. I need your dirty tricks. Come, come to the office tomorrow. But absolutely do not vote for Peter Thiel. Never vote for an ill-fitting empty suit. Um, and, uh, <laughs> All you have to do is all you have to do is listen to the guy for a few seconds. You know what I'm talking about. And he had such promise, but he's he's like a, to me he's like sort of an Anakin Skywalker. He's just gone to the dark side, and there's nothing we can do. Uh, we can vote against him, though. Anyway, let's move on. So where's Rodeo? Uh, you know, we'll probably find out, but um, <laughs> maybe maybe someone from the chat in the chat can can let us know where the fuck Rodeo School District is. But it's in the Bay Area ish because it's on NBC Bay Area. Right, and Audrey says Joe's going to tell us more about it. Uh, so there, apparently, there's some pride haters there, and they got caught on camera doing some anti-pride shit. It is caught on video: a man in the East Bay cutting down a pride flag outside a school district building. So go ahead and take a look at the video here. You see the man yeah. cutting down that flag. This happened on Tuesday night outside the John Sweat Unified District Office in Rodeo. The man also cut down the American flag. District called this act a hate crime. Our students made a conscious it's choice to like, use the pride flag in all of our school sites. They did it with the support of adults and the support of our governing board. Uh, and this was an attempt to silence that voice. And we're not going to allow that. And those flags are back up today. You Yay. see help from the fire department. Sheriff's department is working the case, trying to identify the man in that video. Well, that was rude. I didn't realize he dropped both flags, too. God. I think he's the American only, flag was collateral damage in his crusade against queer people. 100%. Yeah, no, he was definitely the 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 hate factor is definitely on t on top of the treasonous factor. <laughs> um technically though, you're not I don't know if there are any federal regulations around the pride flag. I do know that there are federal regulations around the US flag and you're not allowed to do that. Um that's a big 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 bad no-no. So even if they can't get this guy on hate or vandal i mean at least vandalism right he's on camera um they can serve i think there might be federal charges you can get him for just for the collateral damage which honestly when it comes to really busting people that's generally how we get him right like al capone got busted for tax evasion this guy will get busted for desecrating the american flag when really he was targeting uh, our lgbtq community yeah for sure i don't know i i just i guess like the flip side of this and like the way i think that maybe this should Maybe they should just be like, we put the flag back up. We don't care. He just knocked the flag down. He didn't really accomplish anything. This is a small man with a small heart. And <laughs> a and, small feet. Yeah, this is a small man. And uh, he's not going to come knock the flag over again. So. Yeah, it, it was kind of sad actually watching him. Like he cut the cord and then he sort of backs off and then the flags fall and he like gets all scurred and like runs. You know, I thought he was going to actually like steal the flag so that they couldn't put it back up. That would have been the more prudent crime, I think, if, if you were going to do crime. Um, but instead, he like, yeah, he chickens out and walks away. So, um, uh, yeah, coward on top of that um, and caught on camera. Yeah. 
The camera is pretty low resolution. It might be pretty difficult to find out who that guy is. Yeah, the John Sweat Unified School District has to invest in some better surveillance gear. That's that's for I don't sure. Know, well, we'll- Maybe somebody knows his walk, you know, maybe he's a, maybe he's a runway model and somebody knows his walk. Right. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing I, I, it looks like they can get him by face and by build. Um, if they put the, the APB out there to the community, someone's going to know something. It's just a question of who's going to have the reward. I'm going to look up Rodeo, Rodeo school district. I, but again, I just I just feel like maybe because like he didn't even steal it or anything, and he just ran away. I feel like maybe maybe they should just be like, well, this this dude isn't even you didn't even steal the flag. What kind of criminal is this? Like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if they would like sort of insult him as like a coward, I feel like it would be like maybe more um, like just better rhetoric coming out of the, the like like the schools like come at me, bro. Like well, maybe, like, maybe they do that and he comes out and, and responds, right? Just because he's so he's, he's yeah, obviously yeah. looking for attention, right? I mean, he's got to expect that there's a camera there somewhere, right? I mean, it's a, it is a public institution, so you've got to suspect that someone's got you. So it looks like uh, Rodeo is north east bay, north of, do you know where, Her, are you familiar with Hercules? Hercules, right? It's just north of Hercules on the 80. So, uh, or on 80, if you're from the Bay Area. And if you're from LA, it's the 80, I guess, but. Okay, um, yeah, so I from, mean, I know where Hercules is. Yeah, so it's it's just north of Hercules. If you go up 80, another two exits, it's that's where Rodeo is. So it's right oh, on okay. the uh, on the northeast bay. Um, so, you know, close enough by. Um, I There was another incident in Antioch, I guess, that the pride flag got uh, defiled. And they had a problem last year, I think, with, with getting the pride flag displayed, or there was at least pushback on the council. Um, Not for nothing, Antioch is a problem. Just it's, more more broadly. In ge- yeah, general, more bro- <laughs> in more of a fundamental kind of a way, right? Uh, uh, so, um, well, so we have a um, we have a. I guess there we didn't we covered this last week. I think we didn't get too much into it, but it looks like their local officials in San Lorenzo are holding a meeting after the Proud Boys showed up at Drag Queen um, Story Time. Not for nothing, it wasn't just the Proud Boys there. I don't expect people here in like the local news to really be hip to this. It seemed to me like some of them were also groipers, which sounds mm-hmm. like a ridiculous thing to be. But just real quick, groipers are like younger, like sort of college-aged younger men. Uh, they're white. Um, <clears throat> they're, of course, because they're like white supremacists. Some of them, I guess, are like maybe white presenting uh, Latino men, but they're mm-hmm. they're a white group. It's headed headed up kind of by Nick Fuentes, and they're like overtly white supremacist, overtly Christian Ew. nationalist. And it appeared that there was a mix of Proud Boys and Groipers at this event. Um, not that it matters that much to the local news story, but I think that uh, maybe the people on the local news are like, I'm not saying the word Groiper on television. And that's and so that's so like that that might be why they didn't mention it. I could also be wrong, and they could have just been younger Proud Boys, like you know, younger members, or just extremists who showed up with them. But the 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 way a couple of them were dressed was very like <clears throat> khakis and a polo, and like like kind of perfect hair and shit. That's sort of how they that's sort of how they roll. So. Nice. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't leave it to the local news to get the nuance, um, but I think our listener and our viewer, I definitely should have, I would appreciate it, especially if they've been following the Sunday show for an extended period of time. Um, so the, they might they might already know these groivers. Um But yeah, so we're going to hear a little bit more about some elected officials who are standing behind Panda Dulce, uh, the uh, uh, 
uh, drag queen story time uh, host who was uh, in rudely interrupted by the Proud Boys and others. A new pledge from Congressman Eric Swalwell comes in the wake of a confrontation at an LGBTQ event in the East Bay. You may remember earlier this week when members of the Proud Boys targeted the San Lorenzo Library during a Pride Month event. This is video of those men disrupting a drag queen children's story time session on Saturday. As NBC Bay Area's Jody Hernandez reports, local leaders are strategizing how to move forward even as new threats are coming into this library. Nerves are still rattled here at the San Lorenzo Library following that disturbing incident. A roundtable meeting took place here this morning led by Congressman Eric Swalwell. Everyone pledging not to back down. To the Proud Boys, what I tell you today after talking to this group is you have nothing to be proud of for what you did to children. Uh, and it would be a compliment to call you boys because uh, you acted like babies. Strong words from Congressman Eric Swalwell as he described the actions of a group of men believed to be linked to the extremist group known as the Proud Boys. They were recorded interrupting a children's pride event on Saturday and then making homophobic comments to the drag queen who was there to read to the kids. We're not going to stand for hate today, not tomorrow, or not ever. Our community has come too far to go back now. Today, as sheriff's deputies stood guard, community leaders came together to condemn the actions. Several have called for the DA to file hate crime charges in the case. This hate has reached Alameda County and we must push it back. I feel like this, there needs to be a signal that intolerance has no place in these public spaces and it was abusive. County librarian Cindy Chadwick says she felt threatened and scared by the group of men and says the library continues to receive threats. Our library here yesterday got a phone call from an anonymous caller and said uh, you better watch out we're coming back. Lieutenant Ray Kelly says the sheriff's department is still investigating investigating the incident and hasn't yet given the case to the DA. He calls it a complex investigation. When you're talking about uh, what is free speech, where does it cross the line, where does it become a crime, where does it become uh, illegal uh, behavior. Meanwhile, security has been stepped up and monthly pride events are now planned for the rest of the year. And if the goal from the Proud Boys was for us to run away from this fight, uh, we are running toward more equality in san lorenzo jody hernandez nbc bay area news so that's weird the way the police are talking about it because just because the library is a public uh place doesn't mean that they can't tell you to leave if you're like disrupting people at the library and if you refuse to leave you're now trespassing at the library yeah 100 percent. or if you're threatening you know uh children especially or if you're threatening others and frankly I, it doesn't even Take, I think, verbal threats. Uh, if you look at the, you know, the the shirt that the guy was wearing, right, like kill your local pedophile. Um, they're, you know, uh, they you can be threatening, and you can you could find a way, right? If 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 you're law enforcement and you really wanted to, you could find a way to bust these guys. Absolutely, you could, right? Why not? Oh, I don't know, because they're white, probably. Right, but um, like but, the simplest um, thing is just that they you they were asked to leave and didn't leave. Yes, and so absolutely. that's like and just the simplest thing. It's in trespassing, yeah. right? And I'm, yeah. you know, past that, I'm hesitant to speculate on what uh, the DA's office can and can't do. And I'm also not entirely sure that the police department in San Lorenzo is uh, motivated to investigate the Proud Boys. 
Um, some no. of them might very well be Proud Boys. Oh, I would say that's a high, high, high level of probability there. Very much, very much so. Because <laughs> San Lorenzo's like ju- it's like the it's just outside of like Oakland and that. It's not like San Jose. Mm-hmm. I'd be pretty surprised if any of the San Jose cops were members of a group like that. In fact, I think this. I think the the city would find that out and give them the kibosh real quick here but it's one would hope the hiring practices and the and the screening practices are not the best um i know that from the inside but who knows who knows and maybe maybe san lorenzo will surprise us but there needs to be like i don't know like spaces like libraries and stuff i feel like i feel like a library should be sort of treated the same way as like you would treat the courthouse if you showed up at the courthouse and started threatening people you're going to jail that's that's it. You're going to jail, and I feel like the library should be in in that like protected in the same way. There um, are pub- most sacred public spaces. So. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. Once they were asked to leave, and they didn't leave, they were trespassing. Although I don't know if they were immediately asked to leave, but I would be willing to bet if they show up again, they'll be immediately asked to leave. Oh, hundred percent. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they hadn't been uh, at least formally, right? Like you have to invite the devil in, right? I don't know if you have to. I don't, know if, I don't know if they bothered to to ask the devil to leave in the first place, but um, who knows? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll learn more. We'll learn more. We'll be, there'll be follow up. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see if they, because they had apparently someone called and said the Proud Boys were showing up again, but that could just be some person who wants to stir the pot, right? A hundred percent. It's, it's, it's just unfortunate that we have to deal with these threats in the first place, right? And you have to take them all seriously because what are you going to do if one of them does turn out to be true? And like, not for not for nothing. Get the get the get the fuck away from the library, you weirdo. Go there and read a book, you asshole. And why are you interrupting Panda Dulce too? Get to just find something else to find another story time to interrupt. Uh, well, speaking of uh, getting your shit together and getting your shit organized, uh, yeah, it's definitely not National Security Advisor test positive. Don't worry. Uh, uh, this was seen on San Jose streets the other day. Um, ma- ma- many of you may have seen it if you're driving around. Um, and uh, pa- apparently a, a truck caught fire and the owner who was pretty much living in the truck um, tried to save the day by getting out of the way. Um, but she ended up on a high speed chase with himself uh, and then his truck on fire. And uh, now he's speaking out and letting us know a little background. But uh, if at first, you know, you don't understand watch and watch the video and it will reveal everything. It is absolutely stunning video. And tonight we're seeing this box truck from a new angle. We told you about this earlier this week. The truck burst into flames on 101 in the South Bay, starting spot fires as the driver tried to find a safe spot to pull over and put out the flames. NBC Bay Area's Tom Jensen in Sunnyvale tonight, where the owner of that truck and his girlfriend are now trying to rebuild because they were living out of it. It's a story you'll see only on NBC Bay Area. A San Jose man captured the burning box truck as its owner tried to get off the southbound 101 at the Montague Expressway exit Tuesday afternoon. The truck's owner, Mike Lujia, tells NBC Bay Area he couldn't get the fire out and he worried two propane tanks in the box would explode, possibly hurting someone or damaging dozens of vehicles around him on the roadway. Yeah, I was just trying to do the right thing and not get anybody else hurt by it, so it didn't, I wasn't doing any heroics, I was just trying to get it out of the way. CHP closed the highway for about an hour and firefighters worked to put out spot fires started by the burning truck. And Lujia sped past a Sunnyvale gas station and down Lafayette 
Street to an open cement plant lot where more firefighters worked on his truck and spot fires around it. They put those out real quick and oh. they, they helped me clean up afterwards and they, these guys were fantastic. He says an overheated power system and battery started the fire that torched everything that he and his girlfriend owned. We have nothing now. Nothing. Long term. We have nothing. Again. The couple had been living out of a vehicle but was able to work and save enough money to buy the truck. And after months of work, Mike had finally converted it into the couple's home. He estimates their losses to be between twenty-five and $30,000. And yeah, it was almost complete and it had a, sad, so, a side door and uh, I was proud of it. It looked good. Yep. Yes, it was. He built it to be really nice. The bathroom, everything. But all gone. The Red Cross gave the couple a few hundred dollars to help them with short-term needs. Yeah, they're, they're you know, supportive and it's, it'll, it'll get better. And after just one day, nearly $5,000 in donations have poured into a GoFundMe page that was set up to help rebuild their home. In Sunnyvale, Tom Jensen, NBC Bay Area News. That $25,000 is a low number on, <clears throat> on that truck, too. That truck, if that was, <clears throat> if that thing was only twenty five grand, that had some miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had to, oh, for sure. Buy, I've had to buy trucks like that for for my business in the past, and um, it was painful. North of twenty five thousand. Um, we got one for less, but it was through a friend, and that fucker had some miles. Miles, yeah, and had some miles. They'll go forever, but yeah, that was. I mean, that's a low estimate. Not that probably doesn't even include anything that was inside of the thing. It was just the value yeah. of that truck. Yeah, and, and uh, I want to make it very clear, uh, this is not a get your shit together for uh, the gentleman and his his girlfriend who were living in the truck at all. Um, they do not have to get their shit. To, I mean, they definitely have a lot of shit, unfortunately, they have to deal with now. Uh, but this really is just more of a, a so, societal thing. Um, we really need to get our shit together in terms of finding places for people to live so they're not having to convert box trucks to houses with bathrooms and electrical wiring that of course is going to short out at some point and cause a fire or some sort of dangerous situation. It's just very good and lucky that, uh, that, uh, he was not caught in this fire, that he did not die, that she did not die in this fire. Um, and that he, they managed to not hurt anyone else, but, uh, yeah, we really need to get our shit together. Generally speaking, cause I, this is just sad that this is, this has to happen. I, I, I see it every night. I we walk in our, whatever, Tony, freaking West San Jose neighborhood and there's people living in their cars right down the street from our house. And it's, 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 we got to do something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I live in what, what people would call a smart part of town too. I'm not fortunate enough to be a homeowner like the two of you. I am fortunate enough to be a homo and neither of you are. So like the figure that balances, balances out a little bit. It's even trade, even trade, I mean, but I do, I see it in my neighborhood too. Um, <clears throat> the unfortunate thing that happens here is that the police don't do anything really to help anybody. You know what they do though? They make sure none of them people are on the strip ever. You, you show up on that strip and they think you're unhoused. Ooh, the mm-hmm. police here are not going to treat you kindly. Yeah. And that's just generally speaking, not when there's like a super bowl, right. Or some sort of major public event. Um, when they actually have a specific policy that says, you know, you can't be here in these, t- these nice parts of town because we have people who are coming to town and they can't possibly know that this is a city and that people, <laughs> and that we have problems, right. Um, as if every city doesn't have the same issues, right? It's just that we try to hide them because we're some sort of like a Mayberry RFD suburban community and we, we don't want to admit that we have big city problems. But maybe if we did, we might be able to solve them. 
right? Like, are you familiar with 12 step programs, producer Dave? Obviously they're like, you know, kind of cultish, but. Oh, I'm not. No, I would rather people get actual help. Um, but the, uh, regardless, the first step of almost every program is recognizing that you have a problem. Uh, and I think that that's, that's certainly something we need to get done pretty soon. Uh, right. Otherwise, but I mean, I would just rather people visit cognitive behavioral specialists and addiction medalists and specialists and, um, yes. and mental yes. health professionals and people who have, I've, um, people who have, um, qualifications, if they would like to go to group therapy on top of that, then that's up to them. But I don't, you know, a lot of, a lot of cities, uh, localities, even states shirk off their responsibility to offer help to people onto these, uh, organizations that don't really have any requirements for you, for the people in the organizations have any qualifications. And oh yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to imply that everyone should get into these programs. I was just making the analogy just to bring up that, uh, the first step, this is more for government and for, uh, for society is recognizing that we have a problem. Uh, it's I mean, not I, for, again, I, we not, should send the government to a 12. Again. Yeah. We'll send the government yes. to a 12 step program. That, that was my point, uh, more than anything else. Yeah. Again, it was not to, to impugn on any of these individuals and folks who are out there, um, who are struggling, um, with whatever they're struggling with. Uh, they are definitely the victims and we need to make sure that we're serving them as best we can. So let's get our shit together. So not for nothing, and the house, the problem with housing is that, um, big companies are just buying up all the housing. Um, and when HK, HK lived in Sunnyvale, he said that he didn't know anyone on his block who owned their home and they were single family mm -hmm. homes and they were in a smart, as you would say, a smart part of town. And so like, he didn't know, like, you know, he wasn't nosy with his neighbors. Like who's your property management company, any of that, because that's like, you know, you don't, you have to really know somebody to get into their business that way. Right. But he did, you know, he was able to determine that most of the people, if not all of them in his neighborhood were not, did not own these homes and these are nice homes. And why like th and that just drives up the price because if if you're buying it to live in maybe you're not gonna get into a bidding war with someone because you're like i could just buy another house but if you're buying it as an investment opportunity well it's just another house and if you have to pay an extra 300 grand on it but you're gonna your return on it over the next 30 or 40 years is far exceeds what you're gonna pay for it then like what was what does a big company care they just write it off anyway as an expense yep no, this is certainly an issue. It's one of the factors at play, um, and it's a factor that uh, cities are and municipalities are struggling to uh, wrestle with. Um, how do how do you deal with that? Especially uh, when you talk about multinational corporations, international corporations, um, and, uh, and and that factor. So it is it's a big factor, um, and it's again it just takes political will to address it. So we have to get our shit together again. Um, so please, government. Elected officials respond to the goddamn people and get your shit together. Yeah, because like the thing again, that's missing. That was missing from this local news report was even just 30 to 45 seconds on the housing crisis in, in Santa Clara mm -hmm. County. Mm -hmm. The broader issue this the 7,000 people that are homeless in the, in uh, San Jose alone, frankly, or at least Santa Clara County. Oh, so yeah. up next, we're going to go to down ballot watch. This is where we kind of take a look at local politics specifically i know this is a political show about local issues but down ballot watches the section where it's usually about like the politicians and the city council meetings um you know elected officials appointed officials etc etc and it exactly. looks like our first one is they got a new sheriff in town just up to the north of us in uh san mateo county and uh looks like uh i don't know we'll see we'll speak it's sort of reverse misogyny We'll see. A successful, successful female. 
California will soon have its first two Latina sheriffs, and they will serve in the Bay Area. One is Christina Corpus, the sheriff-elect in San Mateo County, who overcame a big feat to unseat the incumbent. KTV's Christina Rendon joins us now. She's live outside the department's headquarters with her story. Christina. Well, Julie, Christina Corpus tells us that there were a lot of people who told her that there was no way she could pull this off. But here she is now sheriff-elect in this county. She says she ran a clean grassroots effort campaign, and she always felt there was a lot of yearning for change here in the county. And change is exactly what she's looking most forward to. Excited. I am overwhelmed. There's a new sheriff in San Mateo County, Christina Corpus, a Latina who just made history. I'd be the first female sheriff of this county since 1856, since it was established, and I think that says a lot. Corpus is a 21-year law enforcement veteran. She's currently the chief of police in Millbrae and a captain in the San Mateo County Sheriff's Office. She launched her campaign last year against her boss, incumbent Carlos Bolanos. Everyone in the beginning said there's no way you can do it and that just really pushed me to work harder. I you know had some pushback, a lot of pushback and uh, I just had to learn how to overcome those obstacles that were put in front of me and I was determined. Now she's looking ahead at reforms. Corpus wants to change the department's policy on the use of stun guns after the 2018 death of a man named Chinedu Okobi, who was tased several times for jaywalking. Officers did not face charges. Once you are tased once, and I think that that's enough, because when you tase somebody more than that, then there's more of a chance that they would go into excited delirium. Another priority, creating community advisory boards in three different parts of the county to get to know the challenges those communities face and focusing on attracting and hiring more officers. She wants officers to know they're supported when it comes to their mental health and plans to use mental health crisis professionals to respond to some nonviolent calls. We have to look for people that have the passion but also have the good hearts and that are going to do the right thing when they're out in the communities that we serve. At 16, Corpus says she was carjacked at gunpoint and the officers who helped her treated her with compassion and empathy. That set her on a path toward a career in law enforcement. I realized that there wasn't a lot of women in law enforcement, especially women that look like me, and I wanted to give back. More than 20 years later, the daughter of immigrants from Nicaragua and Mexico is the county's top cop. She joins Sheriff-elect Yesenia Sanchez in Alameda County. Once sworn in, they will be the first two Latina sheriffs in California. We did the unthinkable. You know, we unseated incumbents that were part of the status quo that had, you know, a large war chest of money. There's a lot of work to be done, but I'm ready for the challenge. Incumbent Sheriff Carlos Bolanos did not respond to our request for comment, but one of his biggest Aww. supporters, District Attorney Steve Wagstaff, did reach out to us. He did say that he's already called Corpus and said that he's looking forward to working with her next year, saying, quote, specifically, we have worked together in the past and I know we will be great colleagues in the future. Julie. Yeah, she's making history in California and paving the way for others who want to do the same. Christina, thank you. It's nice to win. It's really nice to win. I'm going to say that much. <laughs> yeah, I don't. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Like, there's this, there's this sort of notion that just because someone's a woman and a woman of color that they're going to be more progressive than their predecessor. And we'll just have yeah. to see. We'll have to see yeah, how yeah, things shake issue. out. But honestly, we're not going to see because I don't cover San Mateo County politics on this show with you, right?
Well, we'll get into it. If, if there's a problem, and we'll get into it. You know we will. Uh, if there's a con- controversy or a, a scandalo, we will definitely find it. Um, and it's yet to be seen. Like, they didn't really get into, you know, she wants change and she wants justice, but she didn't really get into what she was looking for in terms of change. So, you know, it may not be Hopi changey, you know, feel good shit, folks. It might just be, you know, the same old, same old with a little different approach. Um, and it's, it, again, you're right. At the end of the day, she's still a cop, right? She's She was chief of police. Um, yeah, so in Millbury. So uh, it's not as though she's coming at this from some sort of uh, public defender, criminal justice reform uh, mentality, right? She's coming at this from law enforcement mentality. She just, you're right, happens to be Latina. So hopefully that will lead to better, uh, better policy, better decision making in general, just because of that lived experience. Um, but I don't think it'll be significantly different. So our next story will end up, if we're still doing this show in 2026, we'll probably end up and get your shit together like every week yes. during the 100%. whole fucking thing. So I debated, I debated flipping this and the, the, the story about the, um, that ended up under the, the box car. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Because this is certainly going to end up and get your shit together. It looks like the yes. world, the world cup's going to be hosted in the Bay area and like, I don't understand why anybody wants to host any of these events. You fucking go in and you look at what happened after these events of these cities and counties and localities and sometimes states put money into it and they just, it just sucks. It sucks for everyone. It sucks for yes. the people working to put the event on. It sucks for the fucking people that live near the event. It sucks for anybody poor that lives near the event. It even sucks for the middle class that lives near the event. I don't know. The rich person can just be like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go on vacation. Um, <laughs> well, the good news is with Levi Stadium, there aren't a whole lot of poor people that live really close by. There are some middle class folks, so um, they'll probably be pretty pissed. But um, you're right. You hit it. You hit the nail on the head. We don't even have to watch the clip, honestly, but it's kind of like a gender reveal party. So it's kind of fun. The Golden Gate City of San Francisco and the Bay Area. The San Francisco Bay Area selected as one of the 11 host cities in the United States for the 2026 World Cup. The matches will bring soccer fans from all around the world. A big win for the community and the local economy. No. KTVU's LaMonica Peters joins us now live from Levi Stadium. And LaMonica, the stadium will be one of the sites to host the games. That's right. Mayor Lisa Gilmore says she wrote a letter back in 2016 asking FIFA to let us host the games here. And now she and the entire city is celebrating the selection. The Golden City Council of San Francisco and the Bay Area. I'm ecstatic. I'm so excited about it. I'm a soccer mom myself, so I... Oh, but this is not like being a soccer mom, Lisa. And it sounds like they're saying Santa Clara, California is hosting it. Santa Clara knows how to host a major sporting event. Levi Stadium is home to the San Francisco 49ers and hosted Super Bowl 50 in 2016. Mayor Gilmore says she'll know just how many games they'll host sometime soon and the economic impact the World Cup will bring to Santa Clara. I expect our hotels and our restaurants and um, sales tax and hotel tax to really go through the roof during this two or three week period. Pretty tremendous, probably at least double Super Bowl. Gilmore says more children in Santa Clara play soccer than any other sport, and the games will be the perfect opportunity for them to see their favorite players in person. One soccer fan says the game is slowly becoming more popular in the U.S. So I definitely think it's making strides and getting to 
what Tucker fan value in the other places but definitely i feel it's Speaking one of the best games so two billion soccer fans worldwide santa clara is home to nearly 130,000 people and gilmore says residents can expect some streets near levi stadium to be temporarily closed during the games oh. people from all over the world will come to santa clara and that's exactly what soccer fans are looking forward to the whole city will be pretty much full of football fans, so definitely a great place to be. Now, we'll have to wait until 2026 before we can have the World Cup experience here in Santa Clara. But in the meantime, the mayor says they'll be getting ready for the games. Julie? Just one more thing to cheer about, though. LaMonica, thank you. Yeah, no, I 100% I agree with you, Producer Dave, in terms of the impact, uh, economic and otherwise. It just doesn't, it never pencils out um, to the local community um, financially or otherwise, and it's too big of a hassle. Um, but yeah, w people crave this, right? They, they crave the attention. Economic development officers and elected officials, they crave this. The Lisa Gilmore's of the world crave this kind of attention. It makes them look good, right? On all the buildup, all the buildup, all the buildup. And by the time the thing actually happens, they're probably out of office or they don't have to deal with the fallout. Um, and if they do, it's like it's people have short attention spans anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. Everyone's just on that sugar high from the event itself. So it's really this craven search for attention more than anything else to be one of the, the host cities. And it, you're right. It's, it's almost like a, a blessing or a burden more than, than it is a blessing. And if it's a clout chase, everybody's calling it San Francisco. Like all over the world, they're going to call oh, it San Francisco. Yeah, so dude, you're not dude. even getting the clout that you're chasing. Like that's the yeah. that's the fucked up part. Like they couldn't yeah. even say Silicon Valley or something on mm -hmm. the the promo. No, it was Bay Area, San Francisco. That was that was what that's how it's described, right? Even though it's in Santa Clara, and that's always been the case with that stadium. The 49ers themselves did not change their name to the Santa Clara 49ers. They were still the San Francisco 49ers. They just happen to play and be headquartered in and don't have anything to do with San Francisco at all. <laughs> but they're still by brand, right? It's a brand. It's not where you're from. It's your right. That, like, there's a legacy there, and I can understand that a little bit more. I, I don't understand why they can't just say that this is being done in Silicon Valley. Yeah, because everybody nice. knows exactly where. Everybody knows what that is. And then people might be like, well, they might be inclined to look into what city that is. Glo globally, they know San Francisco more, right? They'll key off more like thinking it's in San Francisco. San Francisco is like a world-renowned city, right? Regardless of whether or not, you, you know, I, I think more, I would bet more people recognize what San Francisco is rather than, or key on San Francisco than they do on Silicon Valley. Even though you're right, it's Silicon Valley is much more popular of a uh, uh, locale than San Jose or a individual place, Santa Clara, within Silicon Valley. Um, right but it's I also just, an idea i just i just don't understand like like why would the why would fucking anybody in santa clara be excited that they're saying that the thing's happening in san francisco well santa clara has to pick up the bill provide the cops like deal with all the bullshit that goes around with it because, and, and again these the consultants things tell them god sorry yeah the consultants tell them all the tax revenue they're going to reap in from it so they feel like it's a it's worthwhile right the bit that it'll balance out but it never does in the long run Almost Ask Los ever. Angeles about last time they had the fucking Olympics. Well, they're going to have them again too, right? They're going. They're going right back to the well. They're going to have them in twenty twenty eight. So, oh, because the last time went so well. Yeah. So get ready. <laughs> fucking idiots! God. Yes. Yes. Like, uh, if they yes. would have like, 
I just, again, they're just calling it San Francisco. And it's like, you're not even like, you can't even, you can't even do your clout chase. Right. Get, get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, the, stadium. The lead-ins are all going to be of the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. And the, and Salesforce Tower and the Bay. And then they'll zoom in on the stadium. Right. And it's like, where is this? It's because Santa Clara looks like everywhere else, frankly. Santa Clara really doesn't look like anything special outside of the stadium. It's the only real iconic thing in Santa Clara. Man, I so, could put together a media package for the city of Santa Clara on that. That would be brilliant, honestly. You show the light here. rail. You show, like, all the businesses that are there. Like, you focus on, like, the heavy hitters in, like, in uh, technology that have their headquarters and big buildings in the city of Santa Clara. And that's, like, how you... That, that would be how you would put together your media package if they would acknowledge that it was in Santa Clara. But again, they're calling it San Francisco. Good job chasing clout, Santa Clara. Well, they were all, that, that was always going to be a struggle. And this is, it's beyond, I think it's beyond um, any, uh, any of our ability as media professionals to, to figure out and to solve because you're always going to be chasing that. And you're not going to, it's just like San Jose chasing San Francisco. It's a constant struggle and there's no need to do it. Just let San Francisco be San Francisco. Um, and try stop trying to be something you're not, right? Stop trying to chase the clout. Just create the clout. Anyway, uh, well, uh, moving on to our final, I think this is our final hit tonight, right? Yep. Uh, another another thing. Uh, we'll leave it on. We'll leave y'all on a high note or a, a sort of mellow note. Um, it's a somber note, but it's it's a happy note. Uh, so Normanetta, who was uh, first Asian American mayor of not only San Jose but any major American city. He was a U.S. congressman for, I think, almost, uh, I want to say almost 30 years, or a little more, than, or I'm sorry, a little more than 20 years, um, and then served in the cabinet for both President Clinton and President Bush um, as Commerce Secretary and Transportation Secretary. He was Transportation Secretary during 9-11. Um, he passed away recently uh, at the age of, ripe old age of 90, I believe, uh, and he was a uh, 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 there was a tribute to him at the San Jose Civic Auditorium last week, and a lot of the local elected officials showed up, and the former President Clinton uh, came through to, to tribute him, and I, I thought it would be appropriate to sort of end the ep uh, this episode of Down Ballot, um, honoring uh, you know former Mayor Mineta um, for all he uh, all the pu his public service and everything he gave to our community. I got to know him uh, personally very briefly, um, and he was a very generous man, generous soul. So uh, here's a little tribute to him from Fox 2 News about his memorial service. All right, now to today's memorial for Norman Mineta. Hundreds of people came out to pay their respects to San Jose's native son, including former President Bill Clinton. KTV's Emma Goss was at the service and joins us now live with more. Emma. Heather, the memorial service touched on Mineta's outstanding career in politics and his commitment to uplifting those around him and standing up against injustice. The mayor of San Jose, Sam Licardo, has declared that today be recognized in San Jose as Norman Mineta Day. Our community knew him not as Mr. Mayor, Mr. Secretary, Mr. Congressman, but simply as Norm. Described as the most humble man in politics you'd ever meet, Norman Mineta lived his 90 years to the fullest. So it was only fitting that the San Jose community came together Thursday to honor him to its fullest. At his memorial, San Francisco's former mayor, Willie Brown, described Mineta as his mentor and political inspiration. But I knew that Norm Mineta was different than any politician you'd ever know and you'd ever meet. These words of praise from former President Bill Clinton. I'm glad, Phil, I had the 
fortuitous opportunity to make him the first Asian American ever in a presidential cabinet. I'm grateful to George Bush, who, when Norm was asking me should I serve with him, still hated my guts. Mineta was deeply religious and committed to the Methodist Church. He once taught Sunday school decades ago. This man was in his class. When I find out, found out he was running for mayor, I said, that's the guy. That's the guy the Japanese community needs uh, to lead. Leon Panetta recalled Mineta's heroism on the day of 9-11, when, as transportation secretary, he grounded all airlines. Norm made some very tough decisions that day at a very tough moment for our country. But the decisions that he made saved lives. A man whose family suffered the injustice of incarceration, along with other Japanese Americans during World War II, Mineta dedicated his life to fighting for a democracy that serves everyone. And none of this works if we're all not looking out for each other. That was something that Dad, that Dad taught us. The Mineta family has identified four organizations that were deeply important to Norman Mineta and invite the public to make a donation in his memory. We'll have a full list of those organizations on our website, ktvu.com. Heather? It was really nice to hear from his son as well. Such a, a good and remarkable man. Emma, thank you. So there you go. A life well lived <clears throat> in service to transportation. He loved public transit, Dave, Bruce Dave, by the way. He, he was very instrumental in getting funding for light rail in the first place. Um, yeah, they named the airport after him, too. They did. They did. Uh, he and Rod Deardon, a senior who was a county supervisor and is the namesake of the, the train station downtown San Jose, uh, they had a, a joke between them. Um, it was uh, that Rod uh, revealed during the memorial that, uh, you know, the, the question was asked, was it, is it better to have a train station or a, an airport named after you? Um, and they were... They were both in their own camps um, to the end, to the bitter end. It was their only disagreement. So here's well, Norm. If if we're talking public transit, that train station is public transit. The airport is an airport. So yeah, correct, correct. Even though it's a public airport. Um, but anyway, uh, cheers to you, Norm. Uh, rest in power. Ninety years. I only wish all of us could have that long on earth to do good things and to have uh, great memories and experiences. So cheers to you. And uh, do you want to read us out, Producer Dave? Yeah, I'll read us out. I usually don't read any of the shows out. I usually make the rest of y'all read us out, but let's go. Everybody, this has been Down Ballot. Thanks, podcast listeners, for checking out the show. Um, I see some web traffic coming from a few of the different podcast apps uh, from the Down Ballot show, so that's good. Make sure you check out stuff on our website. Follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Ecoplex Media. Uh, find us on YouTube. Um, we're not uh, really pushing that too hard, considering all things considered, but you can find us over there. Uh, find us on Odyssey, and um, of course, <clears throat> you can always just give us money. Give us money at uh, patreon.com slash Echoplex, or for other ways to support the show or the channel, go to echoplexmedia.com slash support. After Down Ballot, every week is local love. Local Love is our local music show. This week, we don't have a guest. It's an open panel. We're probably going to keep it pretty short because I'm pretty tired from the heat today. Um, but you can grab Local Love on your favorite podcatcher, or you can check that out live. It starts not long after after Down Ballot, usually right around 9 p.m. Pacific, and you can catch that uh, here at Twitch. You can also catch it on Facebook Live, which I wish we didn't have to do, but you know you got you got to go where the music people are, even if it's just there to try to drag them over to Twitch. Councilman, thank you for joining me once again this week and i will see you next week 
Sounds like a plan, producer Dave. And find producer Dave on Grinder. That's right. This is <laughs> this is this is locals by Audible Smoke Signal, and uh, I'll see some of you on the flip side. And goodbye, podcast listeners. Peace. <laughs> To get the party started Pick up my phone just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing green Sit with the front of the stage waiting for FTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing queen Now get the fuck up on and like the scene, yeah. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy the band. I turn and head back to the bar for a refill, man, because you know where we are. We're headed out to the car To smoke another one And another one Now just when the magic starts kicking in I hear relapse playing You know it's time to head in Alright everybody now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it And then pass it to me yeah. We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. Last up on the field for the show tonight is down me dirty and five, so we're headed outside to spark up another joint. Now who's got my lighter? Stoner E, of course. Shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch, being who I gotta be. I'm fucked up like the U.S. economy. The truth is, is that I don't think logically. Stoner E, take you on a psychedelic odyssey. Now inside motherfuckers is rockin' me And outside shit we smoke a lot of rockin' me Rockin' the rollie, all the sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck, but I'll probably do a sloppin' We do what we want What we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Dance with the band Enjoy the band We do what we want we want us to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band.
we want, what we want to do, what we want is a jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. get enough echoplex and want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live then join our discord server at discord.me echoplex we have text channels voice channels meme repositories and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from come join the now space on discord at discord.me echoplex